This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yoon at the Sakasani United Methodist Church, July 9th, 2023. The message is, Heroes of the Faith, Rahab, based on Joshua 2, 1-22. It's good to be with you today. Would you join me as I pray? Loving, gracious God, we are grateful. For your faithfulness, your steadfast love. Even when we are not faithful, your love never changes. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came and showed us how much you love us. As we continue to journey with you and your Son, Jesus Christ, we ask that you would help us and guide us through your words. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it announced, as announced at the beginning, I would like to invite you to take part in summer Bible reading challenge, the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus uh, is an interesting book. Uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with the book, Exodus is a part of a larger story of how God transformed a family into a nation. It narrates how God's capable hands delivered the Hebrew, the people called Hebrew, from the pressing hands of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and how God empowered the people to trust in God and live as his chosen people. The book begins with God hearing their cries and calling their uh, leader, Moses, to liberate them from oppression and slavery and leading them through the journey of the wilderness. Anyone who participate in this reading challenges and bring this page in your bulletin, as you can see here, bring this page after completing uh, the book on the first Sunday of September. Whoever brings this page will receive a very special gift. But don't ask me what the gift will be, because I'm still deciding on the nature of this gift. So I don't know what that gift will be, but there will be a gift, okay? Um, in September, we, all, we will also embark on a new sermon series on Exodus in conjunction with the Bible study. So this reading... Um, challenge will help prepare us for our learning together after summer. You know, the biblical scholars have tried to map their, uh, the journey, the wilderness journey of the Israelites based on the scriptural references. And they were, were able to identify uh, several routes from Egypt to the promised land. And this is one of them. 
I don't know if you can see this map. Uh, the quickest way from Egypt to the, the land of Canaan, the promised land, would be the route near the uh, ocean, the Great Sea, the Mediterranean Sea. But the direction God led them to take was far from a shortcut. You know, from God's perspective, the shortest or the fastest way is not always the best way. And you will read and, and, and uh, learn as you're reading this story in the book of Exodus. You know, it was a, such a long journey which lasted for about 40 years. And after the death of Moses, Joshua, who was Moses' assistant and military commander, succeeded his leadership. And God commissioned Joshua to fulfill the promise of God, empowering him to lead and establish Israel in the promised land. And there is a saying in the ancient, ancient Asian culture, if you know yourself and your enemy, you will never be defeated. As a wise and experienced military commander, Joshua, Joshua knew the importance of knowing their adversaries. So he picked two spies from, uh, for this secret mission saying, go and check out uh, the land of Canaan, especially Jericho. The first mission of Joshua as a new leader was to cross the Jordan River and possess the land on the west side of the Jordan River. The first city they had to face in their path was Jericho, which was a large Canaanite fortress surrounded by the double walls, interior, exterior. So following Joshua's order, these two spies crossed the river, the Jordan River, entered the city of Jericho where they found a place to stay. And this is where we are introduced to a woman named Rahab, one of the most interesting, unusual heroes of the Old Testament. You know, most Bible uh, commentators, uh, especially the Jewish um, Historians like Josephus thought that she was merely uh, an innkeeper. But as we can read from this uh, Bible translation, uh, Rahab was a prostitute. She was uh, a woman uh, of night, as one biblical commentator noted. Regardless of what she did for a living, What's intriguing about this story is that this Canaanite woman as someone, this Canaanite woman wasn't described as someone's wife or uh, a daughter, though it was how women were typically described or introduced in the ancient society. Perhaps she was an independent woman, the owner of a house located within the wall surrounding Jericho which was a perfect location for two spies on a secret mission. However, as we know, secret mission rarely stay secret for long. The king of Jericho 
somehow became aware of this secret mission and sent a message to Rahab, demanding that she hand them over. But here's where the story takes a thrilling turn. Rahab had already hidden the Israelite spies on her roof under the, the, the piles of flax. So what did she do was very interesting uh, when the guard came searching for them. You know, she played it cool and saying, well, they came by, but I didn't know who they were. They were already, already left, and I, I have no idea where they went. You know, as I was delving into this story, um, what amazed me the most was her incredible boldness. She knew that if these spies were found on her property, her life would be at stake. And she would be labeled as a traitor, someone who had betrayed her own people. And I found myself wondering, how could she make such a bold move, such a courageous move, especially as a marginalized woman in the ancient society? If I were in her shoes, how would I respond? I want to invite you to uh, ask the same question. Ask yourself the same question. How would you respond if you were in her shoes? As I prepared this sermon series on heroes of the faith, I imagine myself sitting in the hall of the fame, hearing the stories of these women of faith in the Bible. And if I had an opportunity to sit down with Rahab for an interview, that would be the very first question I would ask her. What could have possibly compelled you to make such a courageous decision that could risk her own life? What do you think, friends? I believe that her answer holds a crucial key to understanding what transformed her into one of the uh, most inspiring heroes of the faith in the Bible. One thing we need to note about her boldness is, though, that it is based on her belief in the Lord. It was based on her belief in who the Lord is and what He has done for the Israelites. You know, the developmental psychologists explain that young children show boldness and take risk because they believe they have the support and assurance of their parents or caregivers being there for them. When children have a strong foundation of trust and believe that their caregiver, their parents are there to guide them and protect them, they're more likely to embrace new experiences, take risks, and develop the courage to step out of their comfort zone. I believe the same truth applies to our spiritual growth as the children of God. In our faith journey, things we believe we can do or cannot do has to do with what we believe about God. This is a classic example of how our theology shapes our everyday lives. Think of one of the most risky things you have done in your life, something that your faith in God has compelled you to do. So this is something you would never 
would never done that, would never done if, if you didn't have faith in God. Whatever that is, what did you need to know and believe about God in order to do that? Going back to the story of Rahab, a bold and courageous move wasn't simply a matter of, a matter of her personality or the quality of her character. Rahab's decision wasn't just an impulsive, reckless one for, for her, her own survival. It was, a, it was a decision based on her faith in God. If you see the verse 9, she says, I know that the Lord has given this land to you. You know, these, are the, these words are not the words from the Israelites, but the Rahab's, the pagan woman in Jericho. How could she know this? How could she accept the promise of God? that even many of the Israelites had not fully embraced through many years of wilderness journey. You know, this wasn't the first time Israelites, you know, were sent to the Canaan, the land of Canaan. You know, Moses also sent out 12 spies to explore the land of Canaan, which God had promised to give to the Israelites as their inheritance. However, when the spies returned after 40 days, their report was mixed. Ten of the spies expressed fear and doubt, emphasizing the, uh, you know, the difficulty of conquering the land. They described the cities as a fortified and, and inhabitants as strong and tough. Their negative report caused widespread panic and discouraged Israelites from entering the land. Only two of the spies held a different perspective. They acknowledged the challenge, but firmly believed that with God's help, they could move forward. And they urged the Israelites to trust in God's promise and move forward in faith. And as some of you know, one of those the two spies was Joshua. The other one was Caleb. They saw the same land, but what made a difference in their approaches was their faith in who their God is. As a pagan woman living in Jericho, Rahab hadn't been at the Red Sea to witness the miracle or on the battlefield to see the power of God. But as Paul says in Romans 10, 13, faith comes from hearing the message. The first step of faith, simply hearing about God. Then if you believe what you hear, faith is born. According to the story, her faith came from hearing about the stories of how God saved the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, what God did in the Red Sea, and how God empowered the people of Israel to defeat the kingdom with the kings of other nations. Rahab heard, but not only heard, but believed. She heard the story and believed in who their God is. 
And this new belief in God empowered her to make such a bold and courageous move at a critical moment, what we call the moment of truth. In, in 1939, the prominent German theologian von Hafer faced a difficult dilemma. The Nazi were ordering all men of his age to register with the military. Von Hafer was convinced that this was not God's will for him and for his nation. So he decided, with the support from his family and friends, to travel to America. You know, he wanted to avoid the coming war. And he arrived in New York, here, but he began to question his decision to flee Germany. It appeared that God was calling him back to Germany to face Nazis with his fellow German Christians. In a letter to Reinhold Deber, who was American theologian, von Hoffer wrote these words in his letter, quote, I have had the time to think and to pray about my situation and that of my nation to have God's will for me clarified. I've come to the conclusion that I've made a mistake in coming to America. I must live through this difficult period of our national history with the Christian people of Germany. I shall have no right to participate in reconstruction of Christian life in Germany after the war if I do not share the trials of this time with my people. Von Hopper only say, uh, stayed in New York for 26 days, and by August 16th, two and a half months after he landed in America by ship, he was back in Berlin. This experience marked a dramatic turning point in his life and faith. From here on, he began to actively partake in the resistance against Hitler, which included an effort to rescue 14 Jews for providing safe passage to Switzerland. You know, von Haber was able to make this bold, courageous move because the God he believed in was the God who revealed himself on the cross of Jesus Christ. This God understood the depth of human suffering and was present with them. In that very moment, because he believed in this God, he knew where to find him and where this God would lead him. He realized that he was called to stay in solidarity with God and his fellow Christian brothers and sisters in Germany. As the Bible story tells us, Rahab heard about God of Israelites. And what is crucial is that she believed that, she, that this God was not just a God of one tribe or one nation, but the God of heaven and earth. And we can see this in her words in verse 11. She says, The Lord your God is God in heaven, the God in heaven above and on the earth below. The God she encountered in the stories was best enough to embrace anyone who committed themselves to living as the people of God, regardless of who, who they are and what they did in the past. It's not in the Bible, but Jewish tradition says Solomon, 
was one of the two spies Rahab hid. The Salmon and Rahab got married and had a son named Boaz, who later married another famous woman in the Bible, Ruth. Rahab ended up being the great-great-grandmother of King David, the great king of, of Israel. And this is why we can see uh, Rahab's name in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 1, it says the record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of King David. And, and Rahab is one of the four women mentioned in this genealogy. I mean, uh, as you can see from this slide, there are only four women mentioned in this genealogy of Jesus Christ. Based on her faith in the Lord, Rahab took a risk and chose a new future in God. She bravely accepted God's invitation to join the people of Israel become a partaker of the promises given to them. As someone said, life is like a two mountains with a bridge in between. One mountain represents today and the other represents tomorrow. Each day we must walk across the bridge, the bridge of risk to reach the next day. Therefore, the question for us is not whether we should take risk in our lives or not. Rather, what are we risking our lives for? What are we risking our lives for? As the people of God, friends, are you willing to take risk to further God's purpose, to help in trouble, to support those in, uh, those in need? To speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. To protect someone's reputation when their reputation is in danger. Are you willing to take risk to further God's purpose for your life, for this church, for our world? I want to encourage you to consider one risky thing that your faith in God compels you to do in these days? What, are, what is one thing that your faith in God compels you to do these days? What do you need to know and believe about, about God in order to take that step? I want to invite you to reflect on this matter today and throughout this week and take action. Right? Rahab did. Amen?